right, what's up? We're gonna. I have with me today Austin Wernick, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, met him a few years ago whenever I was working at Hyundai, and we kind of once again it's kind of like one of those guys that we you work with and you kind of like keep in touch with. You know, you have those kinds of guys from time to time. And uh, what's up, bro? Uh, not too much, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the other the other day, me and you were talking about we just kind of like it was like a spur of the moment kind of conversation where we was talking about the Saints and um, we was talking about Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So earlier, you was talking about something you saw on your phone of a common misconception of Aaron Rodgers. You want to clear that, clarify that? Uh, well, just there's as you know, there's been a lot of. Uh, stuff going on in Green Bay, a lot of you know uh, issues between Aaron Rodgers and the franchise. Yeah, a lot of turmoil. Oh yeah, lots of it. And um, at this point, it's almost like you have to pick a side. You know, are you with Aaron Rodgers or are you with Green Bay? So at this point, it's no secret Aaron Rodgers wants out. Um, he has yet to speak on it, but I mean, it's it's being reported by like Schefter and a lot of the big names. He's fed up. He wants out. Yeah, there's been a real lack of trust, a lot, a real lack of respect uh, toward Aaron Rodgers. At least that's the way he feels uh, coming from the team. And uh, I mean, it's it's not hard to see, honestly. Um, it, it seems like the breaking point, honestly, was during the draft. What was it last year Remember when they, they drafted, drafted Jordan Love? Jordan Love, yeah, yeah. They didn't just draft him; I mean, they moved up to draft him. Yeah, and it's like. I think that shocked a lot of people because you think, okay, Green Bay is still in a um, – they still have an opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl. For sure. But you would think, okay, let's get Aaron Rodgers another receiver because don't get me wrong, Devontae Adams is great. He's probably one of the best in the league at this point. But, I mean, you can use the Saints, for example. It's One weapon is not going to get it done. No, yeah, you can't – we had we had that issue last year too. Whenever or in the year before that, really, whenever we would just Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, and absolutely you mess up that way, you're too predictable. Mm-hmm. Ended up setting the reception record. Yeah, it, it still wasn't enough. No, yeah, because you keep throwing it to Michael Thomas every single time. If the deep, if the defense actually starts doing something, they figure something out where they actually shut him down for a bit. Then you're kind of screwed, you know. Exactly. So, I I agree with what's going on with like it's they could have definitely gotten him someone else, um like Adam Lazard's there but he's not really like one of those guys that is good enough to even be put in the same sentence with Devontae Adams. Not even close. I also don't know who else was in that draft that they could have maybe gone after. Um like I don't really know any top guys that were drafted last year. Uh like. Uh, like Jordan Jefferson, I believe, was still like a Justin Jefferson. Justin yeah. Jefferson was like kind of maybe way out of their mm. like frame point to get right. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers has every right to be angry because think about it like this. Uh, think of the the Falcons for example. The Falcons, dude. It seems like every year they're beefing up that offense, trying to get somewhere. Like they have Calvin Ridley, they got Julio Jones, and they drafted like some badass tight end in the first round. Kyle Just, Pitts, yep. yeah, and he, apparently he's going to be a beast. So it's mm-hmm. like you have an organization like that that's like, okay, let's get Matt Ryan as much as we can, and then you have somebody that you have an organization like Green Bay that's like, Aaron Rodgers is awesome. We're going to make him work with as little as he can, 
because we feel like he could still do that, you know? Yeah. Um, no, no question. Green Bay, they need to, they need to get that man some help. And if they're not going to do that, at least do something about that defense. Oh my God. Yes, please. I feel like he would be satisfied with that. He, he would definitely most likely be satisfied with them making big strides to improve that defense. Absolutely. I mean, look back to 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. Clay Matthews led that defense, and that was a stout defense. Oh, it was. Absolutely. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers was, was being Aaron Rodgers. You know, he was he was great. Um, ended up winning the chip. Since then, I don't I can't recall a time when that defense was anywhere near as good as what it was in 2010. No, I don't believe so either. Aaron Rodgers is still playing the best football that he's ever played. I mean, last season he was 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, <laughs> 4,299 yards. I mean, that's... That's incredible. He won the MVP. Yeah, yeah, that MVP year. That's incredible. But, I mean, you're asking this 37-year-old quarterback to put the team on his back. Constantly. In a division that is shared by Tom Brady at this point with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, last year when we had Drew Brees, the Drew Brees-led Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just not, you know... You can't uh, the do Seahawks that. with uh, Russell Wilson. The Seahawks always compete. Absolutely, uh, an up and coming Cardinals team. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's like coming into his own. Seems like uh, absolutely. Yeah, he, yeah, he's my sleeper pick for MVP next year. Kyler, Kyler Murray. Yep. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That guy has impressed the hell out of me because I'm not gonna lie. When he was coming out of college, mm-hmm. I wasn't that high on him. I didn't think he'd be all that, but it, he's doing the best with what he has because like he's such he has that short stature. Right. And it's always so much harder mm. to be a quarterback whenever you're that short. But him and Russell Wilson and Drew Brees is like making a fucking art out of it, you know? No Which question. Which is crazy. No question. And, and hopefully, I mean, that that argument of being undersized will be put to bed before too long. Because hopefully. You, you got caught, uh, guys coming. You know, Baker Mayfield may be on the come up as well. Yeah. And he's uh, six foot, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully that whole sentiment can be put to bed. Um. <clears throat> But as far as the uh, situation with Aaron Rodgers goes, I mean, there's I don't know how you can side with Green Bay at this point. I mean, I don't know either. It's your responsibility to put a team around this man. You want to go to the Super Bowl, well, you need to start acting like it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, he has Devontae Adams and he has Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and that's that's wonderful. That's it. Though. What else has he got? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I mean, you, you got to beef up that defense. You got to get him some more weapons. You got to make moves. It's yeah. so weird to see, to think about Aaron Rodgers being not with the Packers. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, you heard about that thing he did with uh with the group chat or whatever he has, where he called the GM Jerry Krause. Absolutely, I sure did, and I that's don't know probably about you. spot on, right? Yeah, it it sure sounds like it. I, I don't know about you. I've seen the Last Dance about thirty times now, so <laughs> I finished. I finished watching it. I I didn't watch it until last week. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and oh my God, it was amazing. It sure was. And so you know, yeah. just as well as I do, Jerry Krause is, you know, calling somebody that is not a compliment. No, it is not. <laughs> Far from it. No, it is not. I, watching the documentary, I was like, man, screw this guy, man. <laughs> we could have had like, they could have had like seven or maybe even eight, mm-hmm. you know, if Jerry Krause wouldn't have gotten away. We could jump on that definitely at another time in this podcast. Absolutely. But as far as the Aaron Rodgers thing, yeah, like, I just. Where, where do you see him maybe possibly going? Well, there's uh, speculation that the Denver Broncos have become front runners. Yeah. Um, 
Obviously, they're working with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. That's not really saying much. I diehard Saints fan. I love you, Teddy. You you took my Saints five and zero while Breeze was out. I love you forever. But you know, we have to be realistic here. He's a bottom end starter at best. Yeah. So yeah. the idea that he and Drew Locke are going to compete for a starting job, no, that's that's not very optimistic if you're a Broncos fan. Yeah. So. Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos would be, I think, a good move. Oh, I think so, too. They have a lot of good pieces there that are mm-hmm. coming. Really, don't te- the only thing the team needs is a good quarterback, really. And then they can at least get to the playoffs. And if, if you throw in somebody like Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're contenders, especially in that, that division because that division is what? The Raiders? Raiders. The, uh, the Chargers? I think it's the – no, the Chargers are NFC. It's the Raiders. No, I'm sorry. They're AFC. My apologies. The Raiders, the Chiefs, and I believe the Chargers. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So it's like going to be, the, if Aaron Rodgers gets there, it's going to be either them or the Chiefs. Right. You know? And people would be excited to see Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know, man. Green Bay needs to start doing something. Or, I mean, there's a possibility he could just sit out. He may not report to the mandatory camps. Yeah, I think so, too. It's so weird, though, to see somebody like Aaron Rodgers doing something like that. Because that's almost like somebody that is, like, if you're a Green Bay fan, Mm -hmm. you're, like, idolizing this guy, and he's, like, the shit to you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I couldn't imagine, like, Drew Brees doing something like that. Mm -hmm. I would be so thrown off. I'd be like, what the hell? Oh, at the same time, you know, there's never been any real report of Drew Brees being disgruntled with the Saints. Yeah, never. To my knowledge, we've always taken good care of him. So, I mean, look. I've said it before, and Patrick Mahomes may prove me wrong one day. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback talent I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody, one individual, have so much influence over the outcome of a game the way I see Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. You put him on any team, and it's 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 an upgrade. Yeah, in any team, you know, with the, maybe with the exception of the Chiefs, but any team because you can always make you can you can always make the argument of like. Tom's the greatest because of his achievements, but then, like in my eyes, I don't think he's the goat. Like that's just me. I don't think he's the goat. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more situational than anything. I think because he's Tom Brady and because he was geared up with Belichick for so many years, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> I think Belichick. A lot of people are not thinking this way anymore, but I still think that Belichick was like the key component that drove him to be as successful as he was. Because if you really like, if you look at his stats. You can move it up if you want, bro. Um, if you look at his stat, like Tom Brady's stats, like they're like Aaron Rodgers is better in like just about every category, and so is Drew Brees. Like yep. they're better than him in every category, just about you know. And to me, like as far as the talent goes, he's not comparable to Aaron Rodgers like at all. I take Aaron Rodgers all day, every day over Tom Brady. All right, from a talent perspective, it's it's definitely hard to argue, you know, Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Um. I mean, you can point to postseason success, but like you said, you know, when you're geared up with Belichick, uh, you know, it's it's pretty hard to lose. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, you know, at this point, you know, last season Belichick had, you know, a very poor team in, in my opinion. So a lot of guys sat out, though. That's true. A lot, a lot of guys of, sat out. He, a lot of guys just straight up left. He had Cam Newton at his as his quarterback. So I mean, what are you what are you gonna do with that? I right, mean, a shell sorry. of his former self. Yeah. So this season it will it'll be a good opportunity to see uh, Belichick when he's got you know weapons. So yeah. we'll see what he can do. But 
you know, regardless, he's a brilliant mind. And Tom Brady, I believe, benefited a lot from that as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because so. he tailored the offense to him. Absolutely. Literally. Like, Absolutely. The, 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 first, the first quarter of the season, whenever the Bucks weren't doing so well, it's because he was – Tom Brady, he was playing uh, – what is his name? The – other head coach, uh, Bruce Arians' Bruce offense, Arians, yep. mm-hmm. which isn't the way Tom Brady plays. Tom Brady is like a deacon dunk kind of like throw every like ten yards kind of like he'll he'll beat you small all the way. He's like he plays small ball basically. Mm-hmm. That's where he's best at. You know, a lot of check down type things. Ball and comes then, out very quick. Yeah, and then every now and then he'll throw like a little thirty yard bomb. Mm-hmm. That's the way he plays. And uh, Bruce Arians was trying to get him to throw it like take a lot of like chance plays, and that didn't gel well with him. Which, to me, points to even more how much better Aaron Rodgers is. Absolutely. Like if you if you're only successful quarterback because you can throw Deacon Dunk little like checkdowns and stuff, the quarterback that can do everything is better than you. Obviously, like this dude could throw a forty yard bomb running to his right and throw one throw it left and it'd be right on the money. Like it's at age thirty seven, he can still do these things. Yeah, so from a talent perspective, it's hard to argue anybody else other than Aaron Rodgers, except maybe Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. You know, again, he's on the come up, so we'll we'll definitely see. Yeah, Pat, so. Pat's Pat's a. Uh, I don't know what it is. Like he's another one of those guys. Like he's benefit. I mean, I don't take anything away for these guys per se because they just so happen to be in a good organization. But he has a uh, what is it? Ed Re- uh, Chat uh, something Reed. Oh, Andy Reed. Andy yep. Reed. Yep. And um, yeah, he's got great weapons: Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was doing pretty well to begin with. Uh, I think he'll get better as you know time passes. Um, I believe he had Sammy Watkins for that Super Bowl run, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So uh, he's he he's got a lot of weapons too. Now his defense, you know, is more along the lines of like how Green Bay currently is. Yeah, a little bit better than Green Bay, I'd say though. They're like I I would I think like. The Chiefs are maybe like middle of the pack, like probably like fifteenth ish, or maybe even ten, maybe. But yeah. the Green Bay is probably like fucking like in the twenties, exactly. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, he has the weapons mm-hmm. again. Hill, Kelsey, yeah, Watkins, uh, number eleven. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, uh, is it Hardaway or something? No, uh, can't think of his name right offhand. But he, yeah, he's he's got weapons. You know what I'm saying? He had um, oh, not uh, Travis what, Kelsey. Was it was it Le'Veon Bell? Who had, uh, joined them? Yeah, I, I believe yeah. it was. So, you know, he's got the help he needs, and every year he makes a deep playoff run. You know, Super Bowl win, another Super Bowl appearance. This is what Green Bay needs to do if they want to make another Super Bowl run or win another trophy with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. If they can't do that, the right thing to do is to trade him. It's as simple as that. Hmm. I agree, because. I mean, not like you can take an organization like Green Bay and then take an organization like the Saints, and like something as like something like drafting right Mm -hmm. can make such a big difference when it comes to your team. Absolutely. Look at our like look at the Saints draft class from um, like the year Marshawn Lattimore was drafted. I believe that was 2017. Dude, that draft class was just spot on. Like every single person, it was, like, was it like a all pro, like amazing. Like I think Ramcheck was on that. Ramcheck, yep. So we had Lattimore, we had Alvin Kamara, yeah, Ryan Ramcheck. I believe Marcus Williams as well. Yeah. Um, Alex Anzalone, who I'm sad that we don't have anymore. Yeah, um, I don't like that. So that that was a uh, that, that was a pretty tough loss, but that was an all time great draft. 
You that know? was that was like that was almost kind of like our 2006 draft when we got like Roman Harper, Marcus Colston, Tyrem Arts, Armstead. I think we got Reggie Bush in that draft as well. We, Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we Number signed Drew Brees that year. Yep. Big gamble, but it paid off. Oh, that's all it <laughs> takes sometimes, isn't that weird? Like you can have one draft where you just so happen to nail it, mm-hmm. and you can be like a dynasty for like a couple. Like you could be unstoppable for a couple years. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Green Bay hasn't had that success lately. No. The last time they hit, you know, really good, I believe, was in 2009 or 2008 when they drafted Jordy Nelson. Okay, yeah. And uh, got, you know, Aaron Rodgers as a real weapon. Yeah. And then from there, you know, Randall Cobb, I believe Jerry Cook joined the team at some point. Yeah. Um, They had that uh, Greg Williams. They had Greg Williams that year, too. He he wasn't drafted, but they had Greg Williams. It was Greg Williams. I think it was Greg Williams. Greg Williams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. And he had I forget who they had at tight end though. Oh, Jerry Cook. Jerry okay. Cook plays tight end. So oh, okay. So you know he had weapons and they were successful because of it. Mm-hmm. But now, at this point, you give him Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Don't get me wrong; they are great. Aaron Jones has has been on the come up for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, that's not enough. Get this man some defense. You know, get him another. Get get him a number two. It does. He doesn't have to be a great receiver. And and me look at free agency. You know you had chances in free agency to pick up some some marquee guys, Kenny Galladay, from yeah. from uh, Detroit. Yeah, you could have gotten him. He's with he's with the Giants now. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Richard Sherman. I don't know if he's still available or not. I he think is. he's working with uh with the San Francisco to to get the contract he wants. Um, you could have got him. So. I can see why Aaron Rodgers is getting pissed off because it's it's like you're not even trying. Mm-hmm. You know, you want this forty uh, wow, excuse me, thirty seven year old quarterback to just take you to the promised land. Well, you have to help him get there. Yeah, it's your responsibility to give this man what he needs to make that run. You got to do your job. Simple. Like he's as out that. there doing his like his job. Yeah, so he just won MVP. <laughs> yeah, forty eight touchdowns, five interceptions. He's I mean, he's doing his job for sure. Yeah, it, it would only take just a little bit, like. If you have somebody like Aaron Rodgers or like any like pronoun quarterback like that, mm-hmm. all you really kind of need is a defense and maybe like a little like a little bit of help. On it the doesn't have side. to even be a top tier defense; just something mm-hmm. that you know a defense that shows up when it counts. Yeah, you know, makes the big plays here and there. It doesn't have to be stout. It doesn't have to be, excuse me, uh, like Jaguars defense from a, a few years back or. Uh, 49ers defense, you know, stuff. It doesn't have to be that great. Yeah. Just around average, you know. Yeah, because the Saints, I think, I believe when the Saints won the Super Bowl, I think we were just, like, just within the top ten. Right. Something like that. Our defense was, you know, not stout at all, but Mm -mm. it was there, and it showed up, you know, especially when... uh, Got them takeaways. Yeah. Takes off Peyton Manning to ice the game. Yeah. We had, like, dudes like like, uh, Sharp who had, like, I don't know, like four interceptions that year, dude. I speaking of uh, safeties, I'm so glad we re- we uh, we re-signed Williams, Marcus Williams. Yeah, I'm so glad we did that because that guy is honest. I used to have my doubts about him like mm-hmm. a, a while back because he used to get burned a lot, but he really is like becoming like one of those ball hog type guys. He's not really fast, mm-hmm. but he under I under, starting to understand. I'm starting to notice he's starting under understanding. Like his position more, right? And he's making it count when he gets the chance. Absolutely. And look, a lot of people are going to hold the Minnesota miracle against him, nah. probably forever. Um, 
what people need to understand is that before that and even after that, he has been a very good safety. He got an interception that game. Yeah, uh, In that they, same okay. game, he got an interception. Right. So people, always gonna, people will always remember the bad. But yeah, that's true. Marcus Williams, I, I agree with you. I'm glad we kept him. Because yeah. he, he is a good piece. He is. So which is a good a good person to like where we franchise tagged him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I honestly I couldn't really say who else we could have maybe franchise tagged, like maybe Marshawn Lattimore, you know, because he's still up in the air. He's his fifth year option right now. We could have maybe done Marshawn. I'm thinking he's gonna probably want a a, tr- a contract like a, a re uh his contract redone. I'm sure he's going to want that. And honestly, I think he's worth it. Um, Marshawn? Marshawn Lattimore, yeah. G- yeah. Give him a long-term deal. He's yeah, one of the yeah. best corners in the league right now. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get talked about much, but he he's a lockdown corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and definitely our best corner. I mean, who who's our next best guy, you know? Yeah, it was Jack Rabbit. He was okay. Like, he was pretty good, but mm-hmm. I liked him. I don't know if you liked him. Yeah. So, uh, he needs he needs to get a contract. I agree. I, I think franchise tagging him isn't going to get it done. He, he deserves a contract. Yeah, unfortunately, I think in the next few years we have. I think, well, at least this was a guy was something a guy was telling me about. He said that in the next few years we have a lot of those guys that are on like their last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know who those guys are particularly, but we have a lot of those coming up. It's gonna be a lot of the guys from the uh, seventeen draft. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be tough, but we can, you know, then we're gonna, we're gonna try to make it work. Yeah. So, <coughs> what do you think about? That linebacker we drafted. Uh, haven't really heard too much about him. Honestly, pretty much replace Anzalone, I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to get any meaningful playing time. Uh, like I said, I don't really know that much about him. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm hoping he, hoping he, you know, turns out to be great. That that would be good. Um, Anzalone wasn't, you know, a like a showstopper or you know, like one of the best guys. He wasn't that kind of guy, but. He always brought the energy. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially on the running side of the, like running, mm-hmm. like run stop type guy. Right. And he's also like one of those, one of the things I liked about him was he's one of those guys that can also drop into coverage and he doesn't look like crap. Like he's speedy, he's shifty. Mm-hmm. I, I like Dan Anzalone, but he didn't stay healthy enough for us to justify keeping him around. Right. He was hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, one of those things, I don't know if about you, but remember last year's draft whenever. The Saints could have gotten. I don't know who. I don't remember who we picked over him, but we could have gotten Patrick Queen because the Ravens were. Um, it was the Ravens then us. No, no, it was us then the Ravens, mm-hmm. and we drafted some. I forget who we drafted above him, but we, dude, we could have gotten Patrick Queen, dude. We could have had Demario Davis and Patrick Queen in our linebacker core. That'd have been lethal, dude. No question. Trying to think who who did we pick above him? I think um, that was our first round, and that was last year. So uh, was that Caesar? Was that our center? Caesar Ruiz. I think it might have been. Yeah, Caesar Ruiz. So yeah. it's like, as a Saints fan, I'm sitting there like, bro, we're gonna get Patrick Queen. You know, it's like a <laughs> like a popping position. You know, we're mm-hmm. gonna see that dude lay some people out, and they're like, we're gonna draft a center. <laughs> but we had to though because I think um uh that other guy had retired. Uh, Max Unger. Yeah. Max Unger had retired. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. a hard man to replace right there. And that is a hard man to mm-hmm. replace. Absolutely. He was like a pro bowler like every single year mm-hmm. he was with us. Well, how bad do you think Seattle felt for that? Uh, how bad do you think they felt after that <laughs> trade? They get Jimmy Graham, we get Max Unger. Yeah, and they got like no <laughs> production out of Jimmy Graham like at all. None whatsoever. <laughs> and then I think he like played with them for like 
three years and he left and Unger was with us until he retired. Absolutely. And we we loved every minute of him. <laughs> yeah, he was stout, man. For sure. So What? <laughs> what uh? What do you think? What did you think whenever we first drafted Alvin Kamara? Like, were you watching that draft? Uh, I think I was listening to it on the radio. Uh, in fact, I know I was because that was the same draft that had Lamar Jackson. Yes. So that was when. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't the same draft. Um, that was the draft after. So no, I actually didn't watch that draft. Um, I know we picked Marshawn Lattimore first. Um. I think Alvin Kamara was like in the third round, maybe. Yep, third round. I didn't have a lot of – my hopes weren't very high for him because <laughs> – Isn't that crazy to think about, though? It, it really is. I, I had no idea he was going to turn into what he is now. That's crazy. <laughs> because at the time, we also had uh, – we had Mark Ingram, of course, and we also had just signed Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. And yep. I thought to myself, this man's about to go off. <laughs> We're about to be – one of the best run games in the league. Yeah. Not knowing at that point he was basically just a name brand more than a, a production player at that point. Yeah, basically, huh? So when that didn't work out, they ended up shipping him to, uh, what was it, Arizona, I believe? Arizona yeah. Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. So Ivan Camaro, you know, took his place, and that was the birth of Boom and Zoom. Yeah. And was... we had some fun times with that. <laughs> I know. I wish they would have re-signed Mark Ingram, man. Because Latavius Murray is gr- uh, good and everything, but like there's something about what AK and uh, Mark Ingram had together. They were mm. like genuinely fa- friends. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't know. And their styles complemented each other. Because yeah. with Mark Ingram, you have kind of this just, you know, bully guy that's just going to run right through you with no remorse. Mm. And then you have Alvin Kamara, who's more of a finesse type running back. He's going to, you know, shake and bake and he's going to get around you. Granted, he was hard as hell to tackle too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he still he's, is. He's just as big as Mark Ingram, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, geez. And uh, but their their styles just they complement each other so well. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a shame, you know, when he we couldn't get him. But and his career pretty much didn't do too well after that. Really, he left us. He went to the Ravens. He had like one good year with the Ravens, and then he hasn't really done much since. Yeah, I mean, up there when it comes to rushing, even though he's the quarterback, Lamar Jackson is, is you know. He's the man. Yeah, he's the everything, the yeah. offense there. I think he's been the rushing leader up there for a couple of years now. Yeah, as and a quarterback. It hasn't really been close. No. So, if you're you know. a fantasy football team and just don't even – probably doesn't even bother to draft a running back from, the like, the Ravens, at least not high. Oh, no, not high at all. Yeah, because no. you're not going to get very much production out of them. Hopefully, you know, this year we do fantasy football mm-hmm. and hopefully we can – uh Get a decent uh, amount of people, like at least ten, maybe. Hopefully, yeah. That sounds you, good. I got Diggs on Lamar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you go in Lamar first round? Oof, not first round. Can't do QB first round. Really? QB. Uh, when when it comes to the first round, I'm stocking up my receivers and my running backs. Yeah, I think that's a trend that everybody goes with now. Sometimes you maybe like a top tier tight end, like a Kelsey or a Kittle or something like that as well. But yeah, no quarterback. <laughs> I think last year, whenever we did it, somebody drafted. Um, Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Yeah, I mean, can't really argue with that though. I yeah, mean, that's that's one move I can forgive. Yeah, but other than that, it's and I think that was the year that people kind of had questions about Aaron Rodgers because if I'm not mistaken, he might have gotten hurt the year before, and he was like maybe coming back from injury or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So he fell. He ended up falling really far and ended up balling the hell out. <laughs> so whoever got him in like the sixth or seventh round was happy. Yes. Um. 
Because he'll put up like 50 a game, uh-huh. like easy. Yeah. Easy. So, yeah, he was slept on hard. But, uh, Ooh, yeah, man. You go first then. Oof. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, a healthy Saquon is hard to argue. I know we haven't really seen him because he got hurt early on. Mm-hmm. Fully healthy Saquon. That's fully healthy Saquon. Ooh, especially with their t- the Giants are on a come up too. Mm-hmm. Like they're starting to put some pieces together there. They 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 might be like good this they, upcoming they year. Be. Absolutely, they added uh, Kenny Galladay and uh, they drafted somebody. I can't remember who it was, but uh, they're apparently a pretty good receiver. Yeah, still got Evan Ingram. Still got uh, is it Sterling Shepard? I believe. Yes. Yes. So. Now the only question is, can Daniel Jones limit the turnovers? Because that's been his biggest flaw is he's like a turnover machine. Yeah, I honestly like Daniel Jones to be honest. I don't. I'm not one of those Daniel Jones like non-believers. I think he still can be good. You know, I think he's got the potential. You just got to cut down on those mistakes for sure. Yeah, I think that that whole division next year, like I, that division's not going to be recognizable as it was last year because last year they were like the laughing stock of the NFL, the NFC least. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the NFC least, and I think this year upcoming, I think that division is going to be another one of those ones that's like hard to get by. Like, I, I, I maybe Washington might be the hardest team to get by, but the Eagles are going to come up because they got um, shit. What's his name? The quarterback, Jalen Justin. Hurts. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts, yep. and then the, they're putting them together. They got oh, they got that badass receiver from the from at, um Alabama. Alabama receiver. Yeah, uh, the, in a draft that just just came up, uh, just passed. Yeah, I forget who it is, but they they got a badass receiver from Alabama. So, mm-hmm. dude, Jalen Hurts is gonna have like a dude to throw to now. Oh, uh, was it Devontae Smith? Yeah, it was Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. Yes. Yeah, I think he and Jalen were actually teammates at uh, yeah. Alabama. So yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be good for the chemistry. chemistry. Absolutely. Yeah, and not to mention the Cowboys are getting Dak Prescott back, mm-hmm. which is most likely going to increase the productivity of um, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel. Yep. Um, they just need to work on their defense like bad, bad. Oh, my goodness. Talk about laughing stock. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys are laughing stock every Ooh. year. Every year they don't make the playoffs or don't like they're not Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> it's just a win for the rest of the NFL, including like Saints fans and all. Like, we're just like, couldn't agree more. Because <laughs> every damn year they're like, oh, this is our year. This is our year. We're the boys. Yep. Just, there's, very little better feeling than rubbing that in their face. Yes, because the last time y'all got to a freaking Super Bowl, like I don't even think the iPod was a thing. I wasn't born yet. Yeah, they, we, weren't <laughs> even, we weren't even born yet. So it's like, bro, yeah. y'all living in that glory like bad, bad. Mm-hmm. That's like the Bulls. Like you don't see the Bulls like, man, this is our year, man. This guy is the next Mike. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you don't hear about them because yeah. ever since Mike left, they haven't done shit. They really haven't. Their best chances when they had D-Rose, but. Yeah. You know, and dude. injury just took him out of the equation. Imagine D Rose with no injuries, dude. What would he have been, dude? I think he would have been very similar to uh what Russell Westbrook is. Yeah. Nowadays. That yeah. same type of player. Probably like a better shooter. But yeah, a definitely better shooter. And I mean, man, think about that. Russell Westbrook with a jump shot. I know, right? You can't stop that. <laughs> no, you maybe can't. he would have been the next Mike. You know, who knows? Yeah, he but. already gets like a triple double every damn game, mm-hmm. not shooting a jump shot. Like he, Russell Westbrook has it figured out. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I go full speed as hard as I got every single time I touch the ball, they can't stop me. I just got to throw. Like if I just take this ball and I just do, just run at people, they can't keep up with me, 
And I saw him get my triple doubles. That dude fights centers for rebounds. Like, he's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. That man is just very literally built different. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like I, It's like I'm starting to wonder as a fan, when is age going to catch up with him? Because as of right now, it's not there at all. Right. And I think he's he's getting into his 30s, I think early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, we better enjoy enjoy him while he's here. Because uh, when that day comes, it's, it's going to be a sad day for NBA fans. And people who are talking about, oh, he's not a winner, he's not a champion, he can't elevate his team, they're going to miss that man when he's gone. Because there's never been another one like him. I agree. I don't think he – I honestly think – Russell Westbrook is going to end his career and most likely not have a ring, and I think he's going to be okay with that. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that just wants a ring. You know, I think he just likes playing basketball, really. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, I don't think that's just, I don't think that's his drive. Yeah. Well, if his drive is triple doubles, he ain't never going to run out of gas. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's going to be excited every night. No question about it, man. Speaking of basketball, you saw that uh, the Lakers are going to face the Suns the first I sure round. sure did. Uh, did you get a chance to see the game? Um, the them against the wait, the game the last night against the Warriors. Yeah, I seen clips, and I tell you what, the one of the things that I got from those clips was the Warriors are playing their asses off. Mm-hmm. No question about it. No Th- question. You thought so? Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry put on a clinic. Um, as always. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just Steph being Steph. Um, and the thing about it is. You know, he's so... Uh, I can pause it if you need to. Uh, he's so, like, on and off, you know, or on or off. It, you have nights where he can go 10 of 13, 11 of 15, you know, from the three-point three point land. And if he does that, you're not stopping him. No. Nobody in the league is going to stop this man. No. Uh, but there's also nights where he can go 2 of 14, 1 of 11, you know, 3 of 14, nights like that, you know, and he can be contained. Um, last night he he didn't make a lot of threes, but the ones that he hit, they, they were big time. Yeah, I seen one right before the half. Mm-hmm. He was like, dude, like four or three Lakers were on him, like just following him. He just turned around and shot it and made it. I was like, dude, I don't like. I'm sorry. Like, usually I'm one of those like old head. Like I usually like the more. Like, there's always a thing out there like, okay, Ray Allen was a better three-point shooter. Or like, I have never seen somebody shoot a better three-point ball than Steph Curry. I've never seen it. When he shoots them, they just go in. Like, it, his percentage has got to be dumb fucking high. I think as a career, as a career three-point shooter, I think he's like about 42%, if That's I'm not mistaken. Crazy. I might be wrong on that. But, I mean, look, I've even heard old heads admit, look, Steph, Steph is the greatest shooter ever. I right. listen to Stephen A. Smith all the time. I, I love listening to his stuff. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's a bit of an old head, but he also, he, he knows what he's looking at. Yeah. He's admitted multiple times, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter God ever created. <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's Ray Allen, that's Reggie Miller. Um, any three-point shooting great you want to mention, Steph's above them all. Yeah, I think he I, – I, I would agree he's the best three-point shooter of all time, but I don't think he's the best shooter. I think mm. KD is probably the best shooter. Or Michael Jordan's probably the best shooter, honestly, because Michael Jordan really could do – like, he wasn't really much of a three-point shooter, but no one at that time was really a three-point shooter. You know what I'm right. saying? But, I mean, mid-range, all the layups, all the dunks, all the post-ups, mm-hmm. like him, maybe Kobe Bryant, you know? Absolutely. I think uh – 
when you're talking about some of the greatest scores ever, yeah. just in general. Somebody you got Mike, Kobe, uh, Kevin Durant is definitely up there. Um, in my opinion, I mean, th- this could be the young guy in me. You know, I didn't get to see Jordan play. I think KD is the greatest scorer ever because he can literally hit it from anywhere over anybody at any time. It doesn't yeah. matter. He can drive, dunk it, uh, mid-range, three-pointer. And his handles are so good for somebody that's damn near seven foot tall. Absolutely. Like his he'll cross you up. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I can never get the image out of my head. They were playing the uh, Milwaukee Bucks during one game. Uh, KD was over in the corner somewhat, not like, you know, all the way in the corner, but he had uh, Giannis Tedekumbo on him, you know, guarding him. So, you know, KD's like between the legs, you know, kind of just, you know, trying to cross him up. Well, he fakes like he's going to go for a shot, right? So his his hands come up and he he acts like he's going to touch the ball, mm-hmm. but he doesn't touch it. Giannis is up in the air, completely off the ground, hand in the sky, swears he's going to block this shot. <laughs> Well, KD never touched that ball, so he's free to move. Right. Goes right past him, dunks the ball on him. Dang. Now, at that time, Giannis Tetacompo was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He's no joke. No, You yeah. know that. You know Giannis ain't no joke. No. <laughs> KD had that man up in the air looking silly just to go right by him and dunk the ball. Yeah. Who who else you know can do that? You know, to somebody like the Greek Freak that's that size, that build. And make it look effortlessly. Like, he right. just effort. Like, and that's just something, too. Like, every, like... I remember, like, I don't particularly like LeBron, and I've said this on his podcast a bunch of times, <laughs> but um, every single time that I remember KD and LeBron going at each other, I always remember KD getting the best of them. I, I don't really remember a time period of LeBron having getting the best of a series between the two of those guys. Right. Like, especially, like, whenever they were in the, um, whenever they were in the finals and it was Golden State against the Cavs, mm-hmm. like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude, KD just did whatever the hell he wanted to mm-hmm. LeBron. Like, didn't matter. There were two occasions. I think it may have been in back-to-back finals. Uh, KD was at the top of the key and hit a shot right over LeBron from three. Yep. And I think both of them ended up, like, icing the game for him. You know? Yep. It, it was pretty much – it was a dagger. Right. So, like I said, man, KD, he's one of those guys. Try all you want. You're not stopping him. No. You can hope to contain him, but you're not going to stop him. No, my opinion, he's the, he's the greatest scorer that's ever lived. Yeah, that's that's a good argument too. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. what, do you think they're going to get to the finals this year? The the, the Nets, <sighs> they're too loaded not to. <laughs> yeah, it'd be an embarrassment. Like if they don't, barring you know. injury, which you know, knock on wood, you never wish injury on anybody. Um, that's the only thing that's going to stop them, man. Because look, all respect to Philly, Joel and B, Ben Simmons, they've both been balling lately. Yeah, you're not stopping them. Got a good unit. Miami, you got a squad down there. You're not stopping them. Um, Bucks, you know, always a contender when Giannis is on the team. They Drew added Holiday. Drew Holiday, who I love. That's yep. that's another great man. You know, I always love him no matter where he goes. I want to meet him one day, man. Yeah, he's. It's not enough. <laughs> Brooklyn is not going to be stopped. You know, unless LeBron James gets fully healthy this season, which. There's still a long way to go. He could get, you know, the ankle could get better over time. And I'm hoping it does. Um, I'm hoping it does, too. That way, whenever they <clears throat> whenever they eventually meet up, there's mm-hmm. no excuses. Exactly. And KD could just destroy him. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing about them is if James Harden's healthy, KD's healthy, and Kyrie are healthy, you can just take out of the equation of being able to outscore them. 
mm-hmm. because it's not happening. Like they can decide to not play basically any defense, and mm-hmm. you're if those three guys are like even kind of there, you're, you're not gonna outscore them. They're gonna put up 150, 140 every night if they really want, you know. If they're all feeling hot, they absolutely could. Yeah, dude. Um, don't forget they have Blake Griffin, who mm-hmm. isn't what he used to be, but, but he does his part. He's still very good. He absolutely does his part. Um, DeAndre Jordan, you know, at times can be a force. Yes. Um, Joe Harris has been balling out of his mind. Great three-point shooter this yep. season. So, honestly, the chip is theirs to lose at this point. Yeah. Um, even with a fully healthy LeBron, fully healthy AD, um, I, I just don't see them being able to stop him. I don't think the addition of Andre Drummond panned out the way they hoped it would. Um I think Andre Drummond is great. I think he's yeah, a, a me too. ferocious rebounder. You know, Dennis Rodman, like, if you if you want to go that far. Yeah. Without hurting people constantly <laughs> or acting wild. But a Different um, era. What's that? Different era. Oh, absolutely. Different personalities, too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great rebounder. And, you know, it's just unfortunate it, it didn't pan out the way they thought it would. Uh, Marcus Saul obviously has not been up to par at no. all. I don't know what happened to that man. It's just age, man. I think he's like 38. Yeah. He's old. Um, And they got Dennis Schroeder. They got KCP, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. It's just not enough. They got last year's sixth man of the year. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, that's right. Yep. To me, it's just not enough. Um, Unless LeBron and AD can just ball out of their mind throughout that entire series. And I still think it's going to go to seven, even at their best. Mm -hmm. It's all about what the Lakers can get off the bench. That's you know? true. Because cause, cause if LeBron or AD come out there and they have one off night, then they're most likely going to lose the game because they don't really have guys that are, gonna, that are exponential like besides them, you know? Right. They can go out there and they can get like maybe like six points a game or something like that, but they're not going to be able to be like, okay, KD. I mean, I mean, okay, AD. Okay, LeBron, you're having a bad night. I got you. They're not. There's no one on that team like that. There really isn't. Um, And that... that <laughs> KD could be having a bad game. Kyrie could be having a bad game. All you need is James Harden. Right, exactly. And it's really uh it's really remarkable the way that they put that team together and the way their what their roles are on that team. Because KD is one of those guys, you can put him literally anywhere. Yes, that's and he's cool gonna thing ball out. Yep. Uh he knows his his role. He knows how to be a team player. He he's a winner no matter where he goes. Um and then you have James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I think that was the big question when Harden joined the team. It's like, okay, you have two ball dominant guards. Yeah. How is this going to work out? Well, a lot of speculation on that. Kyrie comes out publicly and says, "Look, Harden is the point guard. I'm going to give I'm going to put the ball in Harden's hands. He's going to make the decisions. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to fall back if they need me. I'm there." So, and that's I don't know about you. I was shocked to hear that cuz that's not really Kyrie's mindset most of the time. Yeah, no. When you see when he left uh, Cleveland, he went to the Celtics, and that team was not as good as it was the year before, if you ask me. Yeah, he basically wants to beat a man. Exactly. That's why. He, that's one of the reasons why he left the Cavs, like you said. Like, yeah, he wanted, he wanted to, to be, be his man. own man. Yeah. Absolutely. From a talent perspective, he's one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. You know, no oh, yeah. question about it. This, you know, this isn't a popular opinion among some people. You know, Give despite how talented, you know, he is. Give it to me. He He's a number two. Number. He's a number two on a championship team. Damn. You cannot you cannot win a championship 
with Kyrie Irving as the guy. Damn, man. I, I know that's, you know, a lot of people don't feel that way, but, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, man. I mean, look at the, look at the Cavs when they won the championship in, what was it, 2016? But he won the game for LeBron, though. He he did hit a clutch shot. Right. But <laughs> let me ask you this. If he were the, the guy and he had, you know, well, maybe that's not a good way to put it. If he was the shot caller on that team, because we all know LeBron's calling the shots. If he was the shot caller and LeBron's, LeBron said, okay, I'm going to follow your lead, Kyrie, you think they would have won against the Warriors? I don't think so. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, you would you would want to say that, yeah, because of, like, the potential of what should happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? Like, I, I don't, we've never really seen Kyrie have to do something like that before. Well, we've seen him try to do it with the Celtics. You know, yeah, he had a good team with the Celtics. He had Gordon. Well, Gordon Hayward did get hurt. He was kind of a shell of himself. So I'll, I'll put Gordon Hayward out of the equation. Yeah, Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart, a great defender. Jason Tatum, a bona fide All Star. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was great. Um, I think at the time, did they trade Al Horford at the time? Did he go to Philly or was that before? Oh yeah, I don't think he was there. He wasn't there. Okay, no, I don't think so. So you still have a, a good young core. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, worst-case scenario, Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they got to be. The team, is, it, it has too much talent. Definitely. They, I know for sure they don't make it there. The record was pretty similar to what it was the year before. And now you're starting to hear Kyrie is a locker room problem. Yes. He can't lead a team. He tried. For, I think it was for two years he tried. Maybe he's just not, like, mentally strong enough to do it because I mean he does have a lot of like weird things that he comes out and says <laughs> like pretty much nope everyone's like dude Kyrie is just insane like a crazy person so maybe like he just he's not that kind of guy that could do that because he really can't even get his own thoughts together like, you know what I'm saying well he does come out and say some pretty uh unorthodox stuff from a you know a basketball player um Kyrie Irving is very intelligent he's a very seasoned player he he knows what he's talking about when he opens his mouth why he says the things is a different question <laughs> you know yeah different conversation why he says these things there was a uh, interview recently he was uh it was after a game you know a post-game press conference and the media was asking him questions you know about the game he uh he proceeded to say Something along the lines of, well, there's too much going on in the world right now. I'm not even focused on basketball. Don't ask me any questions. Like, Kyrie, bro, come on. I know. This is part of your job. You have to answer these questions. Yes. Everybody with a conscience is thinking about what's going on around the world, war and famine and stuff like that. But this is basketball. You get paid millions to do this, bro. Exactly. This is post-game press conference. This is what you got to do. So I think he's very intelligent. Um I just don't think he's a true leader. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I think I think the conversation that we're having currently, you you you're like persuading me to think that way as well cuz I mean like I never really I always thought Kyrie was like a guy that can just go out there and do it, but I like recently it's like you can't even say that he is because it's just all the like I don't know, like whenever he came out there and said said that He's like, I, I'm basketball's not even on my mind right now, kind of thing. This is like two days after me watching the last dance, so I was like, could you imagine somebody on Michael Jordan's team coming out there and saying, I'm not focused on basketball because of what is going on in the world, 
that guy would have definitely pro- like that would have just been like if something like that just in general would have been said back then it have been this whole thing where like Michael probably wouldn't even let him step on the court. Yeah, Mike Mike would have told him a new one. No yeah. question because when you go to practice when you're on his team, you better be focused on winning a championship. Right. You know? So you, you can't get away with saying stuff like that around Mike. Yeah, that's one no of the question. things honestly that I respect about Mike. Like that's like like the whole like social warrior that most people are these days. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. I understand what you're doing and everything like that, but I respect how Michael was like, look, dude, I'm here to play basketball mm-hmm. and this is this is what's gonna get all of my attention so that I can get a championship ring and I can make the city of Chicago proud. Mm-hmm. You know, like because when I go to watch sports, I want to hear about sports, dude. <laughs> so like, but uh, but not saying that I don't see the reason why, you know, players these days are more vocal. Because I also appreciate that as well. But mm-hmm. you know, like I, I I like Michael Jordan just being like, dude, I just want to talk about basketball. <laughs> right. Right. Like a, a lot of people share that sentiment. Um, me personally, it doesn't really bother me. It's you know, it's not something that I don't hear all the time. Um. I personally love what LeBron James does, the way he raises awareness about what's going on in the world, how he's such an advocate for uh, social justice and things like that. And the great thing about LeBron is he puts his money where his mouth is. You know what I'm saying? He Yes. He went to Florida to pay off people's uh, debts that were keeping them from voting. It was literally a dollar amount that was keeping these people from having a voice. Like, n- nothing else. You know, to me that seems pretty... Pretty shady, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, he paid them off. He gave them a voice. They were able to vote. He has the school over in Ohio, uh, the I Promise School, um, guaranteed acceptance into college if you pass. So I never have a problem with him when he talks because he puts his money where his mouth is. Um, but like going back to Kyrie, um, yeah, his leadership skills to me are highly questionable. I don't think that he's really capable of leading a basketball team to a championship as the number one guy, as the leader of the team. He's an unquestionable talent. You know, everybody who knows basketball knows this. But, you know, when he went to Brooklyn and you had the addition of KD, that at that point you had your eyebrows raised like, oh, okay, these guys could do something. You know? Um, because you have the combination of a incredibly talented point guard and probably, like I said, in my opinion, the best scorer ever on the same team, knowing what their roles are. Uh, you know, like I said, it raises your eyebrows. Like, okay, maybe they can do something now. Right, yeah. The um, the whole, like, Le- LeBron thing, I-, I agree with you. on That's a, one thing I've always said, too. It's like he puts his money where his mouth is, mm-hmm. which is awesome because a lot of other people, that are also have uh, like voices and platforms to do the same things that he does. They'll get on a mic and they'll say all these things that they want to say, but they don't go anywhere after that. Mm-hmm. That's where I draw the line. That's where I'm like, okay, if you aren't actually doing something and making changes with like all of these millions of dollars that you have, because money can make things change. It I, can. It, so to me, if you're going to get out there and you're going to start talking on a mic, like you better do something because you can do something besides that as well. Absolutely. That's why that's I love LeBron for doing that mm. because like you said it makes it 
Like you definitely can do both of those things. Right. It validates what he's trying to exactly. do, and what he's trying to say. It validates it. And Kyrie does the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Kyrie does a lot of stuff outside of basketball to like help out people and stuff like that. He sure does. Um, J. Cole's another one of those guys too. Like mm-hmm. J. Cole does a lot. Love J. Cole. He's one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, me too. But like you do have like people that just get on a mic, say what they need to say, and then it, it stops there. Right. Because you better not touch my money kind of thing, you know? <laughs> But yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that. I just wanted to say that before we. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what do you think about them? So, th- my understanding on the whole like play-in playoff thing is still up in the air. Like, I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. how's it how's it work. So, all right. So, like right now, the Lakers are set to face the Phoenix Suns. Because by winning the game against Golden State, they secured the seventh spot. So that they're playing the Suns in the play-in or the actual the playoffs. playoffs? So, yeah, the Lakers, by beating the Warriors, have clinched the number seven seed in the okay. West. Uh, the Suns are number two behind, I believe, the Nuggets, if I'm not mistaken. So number two and number seven are going to face off, um, which is the Lakers and the, and the Suns. So the Warriors are set to face the Grizzlies – Maybe tomorrow. Don't quote me on that. Oh, so the Grizzlies are still in it? Yeah. Like so they can actually do something still? Right, because they, they played the Spurs last night, Okay, and they beat the Spurs. So the Spurs are out. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So now the Grizzlies and the Warriors are going to face off for the number eight seed. The loser of that game is out. The winner <laughs> is number eight. Damn, and man. They're going to go against the Nuggets. That's so weird. Like. Mm-hmm. I kind of want the Grizzlies to win because I think the Grizzlies may be a better team. But Dude, I love John Moran. I don't know about you. No, I don't like John Moran. You don't like John? Ja? No. Oh, man. I think Ja is very, very, very overrated. What? Yes. How so? I got to hear this. I just like, sometimes it's like, I really can't base that opinion on anything else besides what my eyes tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, just the eye test. Like, when I'm just watching him play, it's just nothing he does that just like, Whoa! Like it, he just looks like an average—not an average player—but he just looks like. So like, when, that, when that man dunks, it doesn't blow your mind. Like he looks no better than like say like a Damian Lillard. Oh man, that's two two different play styles though, honestly. Yeah, but like it's more like a Russell Westbrook type of player. He shouldn't be put on the same like even in the same like Russell Westbrook. He's not better than Russell. Westbrook. Well, at this point, no, I, I agree with that. All right, he's not to me. He's not better than Chris Paul. He's like like he to me. He his name shouldn't be. I think he might be better than Zion at this point, though. Mm, I can't agree with that. I can't co-sign that. But, you know. Well, my opinion on the whole Zion thing is because I think Zion, even though this is his second year mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of things to be seen, I think Zion just, his game needs so much more development offensively. Like, he gets the ball and he drives left or right. What is it? He, uh, I, think, he I think he can drive both. He mostly goes in one direction every single time, left. and then he yeah. like he gets the ball and he drives to the basket. Like that's his game. I need him to develop like a turnaround jumper or a post up game or like a sky hook maybe, mm-hmm. like three point shot. I mean, or, or mid range a ten footer, like something like that, for me to be able to say that hey, he needs to be here better than Jaw. I think Jaw's better than him right now because of those reasons, but. Jod also plays a more, I guess you could say, athletic position that yeah. allows him to be a little bit more offensively aggressive. All right. I think, uh, absolutely, I couldn't agree more about Zion, man. I think that's going to be really important to how the Pelicans improve. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that is going to depend on how much he's willing to grow. Yes. Um, 
not just in too. scoring. I'm sorry. Willing is the is the thing. Oh yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. Because he uh, has the aspects. Yeah. So, not just in scoring, but he he does need to find other ways to score because, mm-hmm. I mean, look, he can drive. He's a a force when he drives, but it's just too easy to, to develop a defense against that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think he needs to develop a little bit more of a passing game, maybe. Yes. You know. Um. I I'm advocating for the Pelicans to sign some damn three point shooters. <laughs> I don't know about you. We need more. Yeah, I can't believe they got rid of JJ. Yeah. JJ has one bad year, and then they ship him off. Like stupid. It, Not to mention, as much as JJ brings, JJ doesn't just bring three point shots. Mm-hmm. He brings, uh, like a like a veteran presence to the court. Absolutely. He brings. He he's a really good defender too. And he's he, a great man. He brings so much positivity to the team. Yeah, he and he moves. Mm-hmm. He's not like a Kyle Korver who just literally stands in the corner. That dude moves around. A mm-hmm. lot of the times he shoots his three-point shots off of, like, like top-end picks. Like, he's moving. Yeah. Like, I don't like the fact that we traded him away. Yeah, it definitely hindered our team as far as uh, shooting and scoring. Um, who do we have to shoot threes right now other than Lonzo Ball, to be honest with you, and, and can hit them consistently? Maybe, maybe Bledsoe? Maybe. Yeah, every now and again, I find he's a little inconsistent. But yeah, he is inconsistent. So is Lonzo, though. That's true. You know, so it's, uh, Mark Lonzo uh, needs to lower his volume and increase his efficiency when it comes to three-point shooting. Yes. I don't think he needs to be jacking up eight to ten threes a game. That, no, no, That's no, no, too no. many. Ingram is a pretty good three-point shooter. He, he's pretty good, but I find he's more of a mid-range threat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm advocating we go out and try to get like a Seth Curry or a um, – Nah, who else? I, I just had somebody else on my mind. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, Seth Curry would be a, like a decent. Seth Curry would be a good addition, and he would be one of those guys that's easy to get. You know, and absolutely, because you can get come. him on a cheap contract. Yeah, exactly, a one-year cheap contract, and he would be very beneficial to your team. Hundred percent. Um, I, I wouldn't even be opposed to a guy like Danny Green coming to the team, like a three and D guy. I know he's had a couple rough years. I'm not ready to give up on him just yet, though. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, he, it's not the worst move you can make. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see where they what they're trying to do with that. Absolutely. So, there's a lot of ways that team can improve, but Zion's development, I think, is is a big key. Zion is what six seven, six eight, six eight, yeah, two hundred eighty pounds. Zion, dude, you got to learn to play some defense. Come on, man, learn to play some defense. You need to lose some weight. Uh, I, mean, I would love to see LeBron come. I mean, I mean, I would love to see Zion come down from about 280, 290 pounds to about two hundred sixty pounds. Yeah. I know that's crazy, but dude, playing in the, the NBA, it's attainable. He would sure. be the size of like LeBron, right? And probably even more athletic than LeBron. Uh, it just he he needs to develop a lot. I, I get that he's young. I get that. Yeah, it's only second year, but um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done as far as you know helping make the team better. And that's one of them. Um, I don't know about you. Well, actually, no, I, I do know about you. Stan Van, Dun- Stan Van Gundy's got to go. Got to go. Uh, I, people, you, you wouldn't believe people are still arguing me about that. No, he's got to go, bro. I, I'll sit there and ask him to your face. How, what? Give me one thing this man has done for us that's been positive since he joined the team. Dude, nothing. Like, he was his only thing he's... I was skeptical about the decision when they made it. I was like, what has this too. guy done since he was, like... He brought, like, one team. He brought, like, a like a 08 or 09 Magic team 
mm-hmm. to like maybe the conference finals or something like that. And they had Dwight Howard. Yeah, they had Dwight Howard. They had JJ. They had uh some other dude. Uh, they had uh JJ Nelson. They had they had all kinds. Of, anyway, they had a decent team. Jameer mm-hmm. Nelson. Um, but what has he done outside that? And anyway, he is known for a defensive. Like he has a defensive mind or whatever. He's more of a yep. defensive head coach, but. Dude, our team's not good defensively. Not at all. In fact, I think we actually got worse, and that's hard to imagine from last season. And you know why we got worse? Because we fucking traded Drew Holiday. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. You traded Drew Holiday, and you you thought that you thought Bledsoe was going to be able to fill the void of Drew Holiday, and that is no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, B.I. is decent. He's not known for his defense, though. Our best defender, hands down, is Lonzo Ball. Um, Jackson Hayes is pretty. Like, he's a great rim protector. I, I agree. Rim protector but he, for sure. he's coming off the bench, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. I love Steven Adams. Don't get me wrong. He's a great dude. It, how, how do you not like Steven Adams? Right? I, <laughs> I love that guy. You're just a hater. He's not, you know, he's not a great defensive presence either. He's one of those guys where it's like pick and roll, let him go to the basket, easy layup, stuff like that, put yeah. back dunk, stuff like that. Uh, he's a good great offensive guy. rebounder. Yeah, he's a good yeah, physical guy. He's not really a. He's not known for his defense. Um, so we we got to get better defensively. Lonzo's a pretty good defender. Lonzo's a great defender. Lonzo's absolutely. A, he's, yeah. he's our best defender hands now. Yeah, I think so too. Um, he's really long, and he's like just – like you could tell when he's out there that his the gears are turning in his head. Like he knows what's going on. No question. Yeah. No question. He's, he's not going to lose his matchup unless he's got freaking Steph Curry across from him. You know? Yeah. Um, so – Oh, oh, oh. Before you continue. Yeah. You know who was an amazing defender that we're completely forgetting about? Who's that? Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Okay, yeah. Josh Hart's a fool, man. I'll, I'll put I'll put him in there for sure. Um, but again, he's coming off the bench, so yeah. <laughs> you know, if if the defense is in our depth, I'm not feeling too good about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. The the only real good defender we have that's starting is Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I mean, we got to be able to stop somebody in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop somebody. Defense has got to come up. Stan Van Gundy, you know, to me was not, not the right hire either. I wasn't happy to hear about it, especially uh, is it Mark Jackson was still out there at yes. the time? I think uh, Dan Tony was still out there too. Yeah, I, I was advocating for Mark Jackson. I wanted him to come in here and yeah. you know take over the team. When I heard Stan Van Gundy got hired, a guy who hasn't coached since like forever ago. That yeah, just sounds good when he's on a analyst. Like he sounds good while he's an analyst. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, maybe this guy has some ideas. Dude came in and did nothing. Like we, I, I, I sent a text message to you the other day. Mm-hmm. Monty Williams was just the the the, the head coach of the year. Mm-hmm. That we should have never hired. We should have never fired that dude. We fired Monty Williams. This is how stupid our organization is. Mm-hmm. We fired Monty Williams the year we got to the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors. Remember? And we got wiped out in the first round. But that was like the first time we've been to the playoffs in like since like our Chris Paul days. No, I thought uh, Alvin Gentry was our head coach at the time. No, no, that was Mo- that was that was Monty. I th- wait, well, we might have gotten there again with Gentry in the playoffs. Did we? We I know we had AD. Uh, it was after we just swept Portland. Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you talking about before that? I think I'm talking about before that. This is before back, that. Okay. This is back whenever we had. Uh, actually, hold up. Actually, I have a picture. On my Instagram, from whenever, like the team that we had at that time. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, see if I can get to it real quick. All right, 
Um, but yeah, um, this is it. Uh, it, we had AD, we had, uh, Gordon, um, shit. Uh, you'll probably know. I, I can't remember these. Look, look at it. Remember these guys? Anthony Davis. Uh, let me see. Anthony Davis, uh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Um, I don't recognize the other two guys. That may have been when I just started uh, getting into basketball. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he could get us there, you know, and that probably, was, probably shouldn't have let him go. That was 2015. Mm-hmm. That was the last time, I believe, uh, maybe Alvin Gentry got us there once. That's probably he, the one. He did get yeah. us there whenever okay. we swept Portland. Uh, Drew Holiday was the MVP of that series, no question. Yeah. His defense on Dame was Unbelievable! Oh yeah, dude, I remember that because beforehand, Dame was dropping like fifty a game. Dame dollar, that and was, then yep. Drew he played Drew and he put up like nothing. <laughs> like yeah. he was very ineffective. Um, so and then that's when we went to Golden State. I think we lost four games to one, but that's when they had KD and you know Draymond was better. Yeah, and of course Steph and, and Clay. Yeah, uh, what Iguodala, are you gonna do about that? What are you gonna do about that? Yeah, you know? No, nobody's beating that team. Um. Yeah, so Stan Van, Stan Van Gundy's got to go. Uh, we got to bring in someone who just do a better job than him. You know, he set the bar very low. It shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> no, we have, when you really break it down and look at our team, mm-hmm. there's no reason why we, we what are we in the season in a 10th spot? Uh, I believe so. That's ridiculous. There's no reason why we shouldn't have at least been an 8th seed. There's no there's no way. Nope. When you look at that the roster, we have a, I mean, we got Zion. We got Ingram, we got Lonzo, we got Bledsoe. We got a squad. We got a squad. And we even got the depth to go with it. Yeah. The fact that we underachieved by that magnitude, absolutely inexcusable. Stan Van Gundy has got to go, man. I, I think so, too. And the bad thing is, I think we got to, I think we have him signed to, like, more years. I think, like, he's on, like, a three-year, four-year deal or something like that, which is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Because David Griffin's going to have to get rid of that dude. If, if if this upcoming year, I don't think they're going to fire him. This upcoming year, we don't at least be in the eighth spot. I have my aspirate like my, I was so ready for our team before the season. Mm-hmm. I picked that we were gonna be like a six seed, dude. I was like, bro, there's no reason well, why we had sh- the potential. Yeah, and we and we ended up like a tenth or eleventh. Like, bro, mm-hmm. what? There's no reason for that. We have a young core of Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball is only getting better. Uh, we brought in Eric Bledsoe, who was supposed to, you know, give us more production on the offensive side while maintaining defensive presence. Uh, Steven Adams, great offensive rebounder. Yeah, you got Steven Adams, High too. IQ. Jackson Hayes is getting better. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is getting better. Josh yeah. Hart's getting better. There's absolutely no reason that we shouldn't have made the playoffs. Just makes me more mad. <laughs> yeah, the more you think about it. The because, more you think about yeah. it. And the more you just name people like you were just doing, I was like, dude, yep, 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 yep. Stupid like, man. No reason for it whatsoever, man. The defense wasn't there because <clears throat> if you take that roster, um, without a doubt, if you take that roster right there and you give it to a head coach like Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. like on the Celtics, or you give it to Monty Williams, <laughs> we're in the playoffs a hundred billion percent. There's something I don't know what it is about Stan Van Gundy that he's doing wrong, but he's doing something wrong. He's coaching the Pelicans. That's what he's doing wrong. <laughs> Uh, he's not let's, as bad. I don't think. Let's he's fix as, that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's as bad as uh, Gentry was though. I think no. he's a little bit of a upgrade from Gentry. Would you think? I don't know, man. Gentry got us to the playoffs, so 
Now, granted, he had a lot more time to do so. Yeah, he was there um, for a while. Stan, Stan, you got to turn this around, man. You got to turn this around. Yeah, Austin's calling you out. I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nobody, but I'm calling you out. <laughs> you yeah. got to do something. <laughs> do something, because we won't accept you unless you do something. We want to see a dramatic change next year, or else. Or else. Or else. We'll keep talking angrily about you. <laughs> yeah, we, we will keep talking about you in this podcast, and you'll never hear it, but it'll be in the universe. <laughs> Dude, I want next year, speaking of that, I want to try to go to a lot of games. Yeah, for sure. If, as long as COVID is not going to be a, an issue. Yeah, we should have full crowds, man. That, Definitely want to go see some games. The The year before, whenever we... Dude, that is still such a cool thing to think about, that you and I... Mm-hmm. Along with Victoria and a bunch of other people, we went to Zion's first oh game ever God. played in the NBA. Like his first real game. I will never, ever forget that game. I know, right? Me and my boy Jeremy were there too. Um, we were all just there enjoying it, in soaking it in. In a suite, man. It was dope. In a suite. Zion, I was so emotionally drained after that game because Zion came out balling. He hit a three. Everybody went wild. He came out. He hit a second three. Everybody's losing their minds. He hit a third three. (laughs) Who is this guy? He's a three-point shooter. He is a fourth three. I damn near pass out. I can't take it, bro. I'm just, I'm loving it. It it was so crazy because you had to have been there because Zion has literally never done that since that day. No, not even close. Like, I don't even think he's made a three. He probably made, like, one three since then. Yeah, so the, he, the 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 odds of him to come out there on his first day and drop four straight mm-hmm. is insane. And of course, you know he goes on the bench because he's he's on a restriction. He's coming off injury. He goes to the bench, and what is everybody in the, in the Smoothie King Center yelling? We want Zion. We want Zion. Rightfully so, right? I mean, how do you take the ball out of that man's hands? Screw it, let him play. Yeah, uh, they. I think they interviewed Gentry after the game. He's like. Zion begged him to stay out there, but Gentry told him, look, if you stay out there, I'm going to lose my job. So I get the call, but, man, if he'd have stayed out there. Oh, we'd have won that game. We'd have won, dude. We definitely would have won that game. But minutes restriction because of injury, I I get it. Remember, I don't know if you were watching this particular game, but there's only one other time that I've ever been at the Smoothie King Center, and Mm -hmm. it got louder than it did that day. Really? So remember – I don't know if you were watching. It was the same season. Mm-hmm. We were playing the the ooh, who was who was D Rose on that year? That year, I think he was either on the was it the Knicks? No, no, uh, yeah, it wasn't the Knicks. Oh, it was the Pistons. The, the Pistons, that's the right. Pistons, Pistons. He was with the Pistons, and he had an amazing game that game. Like he was. Was just, that the game he dropped fifty, or was that a different game? He, no, it was like something like high, like forty, fifty, something crazy. Okay, he was tearing us up that game, mm-hmm. and um. <clears throat> He had to make like the, the game-winning shot to win the game, mm-hmm. and the our possession that we had. Um, Brandon Ingram had the ball, bro. He was crossed old boy up. He went to the right hand side and he hit like a fadeaway like mid-range shot, and he made it, dude. The crowd like I couldn't hear myself. Like <laughs> it was so crazy. And then obviously D Rose came out there and won the game after that, but we didn't know that at the time. Everybody right. went crazy because mm-hmm. that's the thing about basketball you can't leave a second on the clock somebody's gonna win the game like nine times out of ten like they're gonna probably make a crazy shot as <laughs> the possibility is definitely out there right like in the last dance i remember this 
part in the last dance whenever they were playing the Pacers and Michael had like 1.2 seconds or whatever and no, it was beforehand. The Somebody, I think Reggie Miller, made like an awesome shot. Mm-hmm. The crowd went crazy. And then you remember whenever they pandered over to, um, to Larry Bird. Bird and he yep. was just stoic. He was just sitting there straight face like <laughs> he was not about to celebrate until that clock hit all zeros. Because he knew mm-hmm. that Michael had a, chill, had a chance to get the ball, man. And then Michael still almost made the shot. Like he didn't make it, but like it went in and out. A double clutch three-point in-and-out shot. Dude's hand in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of those parts of that series. Like, if you'd have made that and Larry Bird would have just, like, knew it, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, Michael still got to touch the ball, bro. Like, That's what right. are you talking about? <laughs> he was, like, the only one that was, you know, in that mindset. Like, this ain't over. Yeah, the only one. His face literally never smiled. He yep. was. <laughs> that's crazy. Him and... That's one thing that makes me happy, like him and Larry Berg's relationship. Because, mm-hmm. like, I remember once whenever they beat him, I think it was the 98 season, their last championship, mm-hmm. and they beat the Pacers. And then in the back locker room, Larry Berg comes up to Michael Jordan, and he has a big smile on his face. He's like, bitch, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he hugs him, and he walks away. He talks about, like, how he's going to beat him on the golf course or whatever. It was cool, like, their relationship. Like, they were cool with each other. Absolutely, because they were both super competitive. Yes. Most people don't know don't know this. Larry Bird was a big-time trash talker. Yes, you know? very much. So, and, of course, you know, Michael was, too. So, that's one thing that they shared, you know. They were big-time trash talkers, big-time competitors. And, I mean, Larry Bird, better than most, know how competitive and talented he is, mm-hmm. you know. Facing him in, I think it was uh, – uh, what year was that? I think he faced 84, him. 84, 85 maybe? Yeah, uh, he faced him in one of his first years he was with the Bulls, and then like it was like towards the middle and then towards the end. Right, and yeah. he faced him in the playoffs and, and Mike dropped like, what, 60 or 62 on him, something like yeah. that? So, yeah. So Larry knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, Larry knows, Larry knows what's up. up. <laughs> <laughs> there was that iconic play that, that everyone's seen whenever he's on the left side baseline mm-hmm. and he crosses Larry up and he shoots that mid range. Yep. That legendary. That was like that fifty six sixty game. Yep. And it's it's, you know, impressive because, you know, most of the young people don't know this, but Larry Burr was a hell of a defender too. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just an offensive third. He could defend. Yeah, he was like one of those guys. Like he he's one of those guys that like same thing with him and um Magic Johnson mm-hmm. or Reggie Miller or like Michael, if it wasn't been if it wasn't for Michael, a lot of those guys would have had so many more championships than they had. Absolutely, John Stockton and Carl Malone would have had a chip at least. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, like he, the, he got in the way of two of those ninety seven and ninety eight. Jalen Rose and Reggie Miller and mm-hmm. all those guys, they would have had a ring. They had a squad, dude. They did. They sure they, did. They just couldn't get past Michael. Yep. Mike and Pip and and Rodman, and it's just too formidable. Yeah, I mean so. they had they had a hard time against the Pistons though. They sure did early on. Um, that was before uh, Pip came along, and he turned into an all star. So yeah, once he came along, one thing that I, one thing I did not know, I always knew that the Bulls <clears throat> they won three straight, and then my understanding was they won three straight. Michael retired, came back, and then they won three straight. I didn't know that the year he came back, they got knocked out by the. Um, by the magic. magic. Yeah, I didn't know that either, actually, right. until I watched that series. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, wait, they're going to win this game, right? 
Like I saw, I was watching it. I was like, what? That was pretty wild too. Yeah, because yeah. like, like that was a that was a solid team too. Like Shaq was on it. Shaq, Horace Grant, Penny Hardaway. Yeah, that was a squad too. That was a squad, big dude. time. So, but I, it's okay. Like I give him a, a pass on that though, because that was a year he came from baseball, so mm-hmm. he was like in baseball shape. He wasn't in basketball shape, right? Which is anyone would tell you that's two totally different things for sure. So. I don't know, maybe in the off season he didn't prepare as much or just you couldn't get your body right fast enough for that. Right. But yeah, I always thought that like three straight retired, come back three straight. I didn't know he had like one lull year. Didn't know that. Yeah, where he got knocked out. I didn't know that either until I watched the uh the documentary. Yeah. So it's cool to know. And um all the stuff I remember another cool part of that a documentary whenever he was in the back of the plane gambling with those guys and they were like gambling all that money. Mm-hmm. It was like thousands of dollars a hand. Yep, and then Michael goes up to the front of the plane to play with like I don't know, like the pilots or something like that, and they're playing for a dollar a hand. Well, whatever. it was uh, it was the guys like uh, what were their names? Was it Will? No, it wasn't Will Purdue. Um, John Paxson, I think was was with them. Uh, <laughs> it, it was guys like that. It wasn't like you know Pip and. Yeah, Horace Grant, like the like, like the six men or like the off the bench guys. Yeah. Maybe like B.J. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, they're playing blackjack for a dollar hand. And Mike said, "You know, I want to play with y'all. You know, I want to say I got your money in my pocket." Yeah, it's like okay, Mike, you competitive little dude. Yeah, <laughs> thing they, you. <laughs> they actually, I was I, I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Tom Zagura. Mm-hmm. I'm still watching it right now, and he said that uh, this is something I didn't know either. The uh, they of course they've asked Phil Jackson this question many times like what's the difference between Michael and Kobe? Mm-hmm. He said <clears throat> the main difference is Kobe had to had to beat you at basketball, but he said Michael had to beat you at everything. Everything that yep. was the difference between the two of them. Absolutely. Yep. They both crazy competitive, but I mean, Mike wanted to have the upper hand in everything. Right. Whether it was golf, playing cards, um. They were even playing some game. I didn't know what it was, but you you saw in the documentary the little flicking coin thing. Yeah, the little coin game yeah. with his with his security guys. I don't I don't know what the heck that was, but he wanted to win it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He got mad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that kind of competition. That's how you get there. Yeah. No no surprise that created that kind of greatness. So, right. It's good stuff, man. The um. Oh, there was something I was gonna say. The. The greatness of Phil Jackson is one of those things. Like, I actually had to, like, wrap my mind around it. I was like, okay, so he won six rings with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Then he won five with Kobe. And I'm like, bro, like, that's so much success. Like, Jesus Christ. Sure is. That's like, what? how many rings is that? That's 11. That's 11 rings. Yep. Now, was he with uh, Kobe in the later years? Yeah, he he was uh, yeah, with uh, Pal Gasol and all them. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Kobe to the end. Okay, didn't didn't even know that. Yep, yep. sure was. The um, then I know you know because you watched the documentary, but they said that <clears throat> the owner of the Bulls came up to uh, Phil Jackson. He was like, "I want you to come back another year," mm-hmm. and for some reason, he didn't want to do that. Yeah, I didn't um, understand his pro- like his thought process on that. He actually did that twice. Uh, he did that in '98 and after the '98 season. Um, so he did it once, and uh, Jerry wasn't really cool with it. And that's when he came out and said, 
this is your last year. I don't care if you go eighty two and zero. This is your last year, because Crazy. I think I think Jerry Krause felt like he was kind of like undermined by ownership because it was his uh, his wish to move on from Phil Jackson. I forget who it was he wanted to replace him with, but he had somebody in mind. Who knows? Um, he wasn't better than Phil Jackson, whoever the hell he was. I mean, that's for sure. No question. Um, so Reinsdorf, after they, they won that sixth chip, he asked him, look, you want to come back? I don't care what Jerry said. We want you back. That whole team, that entire, you know, all the guys, Phil, coaching staff, they all knew this is our last year. And they treated it like that. So when he offered him that contract, it's like, look, I already told these guys that this was the last time, last ride. You know, I I just don't want to do this anymore. So, I mean, it's like Mike said. If you could have got everybody to come back on a one-year deal to run it back, everybody would have done it. You know, Pip would have taken some convincing, but he would have done it. Yep. Um, but in Phil's mind, it's like, look, Jerry doesn't want me here. He's the general manager. And I'm just, I'm getting tired of having to put up with this. Right, for sure. So he just walked away. Um, was it the right choice? If there's a seventh ring involved, it probably wasn't the favorable choice among most people. But I'm sure Phil didn't feel too bad because he went to the Lakers and, and got five more. So Right, yeah. You it's know. just the, the the bone that I have to pick with the whole situation is if I am the owner of the Bulls mm-hmm. and my GM comes out there and says some stupid shit like you can come out, this dude could come out win 82 games and a championship and mm-hmm. he's gone, Um, that GM is fired. That would, GM's fired. Cause you would th- think. Because then it's like you're sacrificing the winning culture of your whole organization just because you got beef with the head coach. Dude, no. I'm taking winning over your personal preferences all day, every day. And Michael Jordan felt the same way. You, Especially to say something like that, knowing how Michael Jordan is. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was about winning and winning only and winning at every single cost ever, no matter what. Well, you know, Mike had his own beef with Jerry Krause, you know, for personal reasons back in, you know, around his rookie years um, with, you know, Jerry trying to limit him and... and Because of his injury. Right, and basically convincing him to tank, essentially. Um, So he had his own beef with Jerry, you know, for that reason as well. I don't think doing what he did with uh, Phil Jackson helped it one bit no you know what i'm saying but that's that's another relationship that really wasn't going to be salvageable so oh yeah the one with him and like michael jordan like apparently because of the documentary he openly ridiculed him like jerry would be standing next to him he'd just be tearing him new asshole like yep him pip both of them they just didn't like him yeah didn't like him one bit and probably because you're willing to break up an entire team just because you got beef with somebody. It just doesn't... Like I said, if I was the the owner, I'm like, dude, you are the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, we, we got to <laughs> we gotta talk. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're talking reckless over here. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Not like, a bit, man. How can you possibly justify winning a... Going literally, he said they have to go... He said that if they went undefeated in an NBA season, which has literally never happened before, Mm-mm. going undefeated in a season... And won a championship. He said, this dude was out of here. <laughs> you like, still ain't coming back. That's what right. What the f- Dude, what? <laughs> Jer- Jerry had it in his mind that, you know, the guy that he was grooming to be the next coach 
was going to take over. He was going to be the next, you know, Phil Jackson, you know, the way that it was worded. So in Jerry's mind, it's like, all right, you were supposed to be going as it is. So now after this season, you really gone. Yeah, it's all about he he got like his ego yep. was taking over. Absolutely. Like you're the GM, like the credit goes to you because a lot of the time you're the mastermind behind the stuff making it happen. Mm-hmm. But you're not a basketball player, so your name isn't going to be in the headlines all the time. It's just that is what it is. Like, but absolutely, you're undoubtedly you're you're definitely who made it happen. Mm-hmm. And he's he'll always you know get the credit for that because at, at the end of the day he put those teams together. Exactly. He also ripped them apart. Yeah. So you got to deal ego. with that too. Exactly. His ego. Right. It's just like no matter what, you can't take that from him that mm-hmm. he built the teams and all that. So it's like, I don't understand why he was so just the way he was. Like, I want everyone to know, and then I want to take Phil Jackson out of here, and I want to put another guy in here. Mm-hmm. And then because of my genius, he's going to be as good as Phil Jackson. And then I'm going to be able to probably find somebody in the draft better than Michael Jordan. Like, he wanted to be that kind of guy. Yeah, he brought in Tony Kukoc to be the next Michael Jordan. And it's like... Yeah. Well, he was good, though. Dude, what is wrong with you? Uh, he was... He was good, you know, internationally. Coming mm-hmm. to the Bulls, he wasn't, you know, quite that. But it's just like you have a team that's winning here now, right? you now. know, winning championships, and yet you're going and finding a new head coach here and, and the new Michael Jordan here. Like, bro, come enjoy your chips. Yeah. <laughs> come enjoy your championships. What are you doing? You know right. what I'm saying? So that, that man is just a, a mystery to me. Me too. And then honestly, like, uh, whenever I was watching a documentary, I was like, they're talking a lot of shit about this guy, but he's not on the documentary. So I went look it up, and he, like, he, died. He like, ended up passing away. Yeah, yeah, he died in, like, 2019 or something like that, 2017, something like that. I was like, oh, okay, because I'm pretty sure. That's one thing that I don't like that sucks about Kobe not being here, dude. First of all, if you're a basketball fan, sometimes it's hard to even believe that Kobe's no longer with us. Yeah. But for sure. Taking the fact that one day they are going to do a documentary about Kobe for sure, mm-hmm. but you're not going to have Kobe sitting in that chair explaining everything through his eyes. Nope. They're probably going to have like Vanessa sitting in a chair explaining stuff, yeah, but like it's, his teammates and stuff, like Shaq and yeah, maybe yeah. Powell. So, which is cool and everything, but it's not coming from the horse's mouth. Exactly. It's not going to be the same perspective. The last dance wouldn't have been the same without Michael Jordan speaking firsthand about it. Definitely. He did most of the talking throughout the entire, you know, documentary. So, oh, man. Yeah, every time I think about Kobe, I just, I'll start getting down, man. It's it's one of those where where were you moments. You know yes, what I'm saying? I'll never for forget sure. it. And uh, just... It's hard to even put into words today. You know, it's been it's been over a year, but it still hurts. It does. It, it's I, it, like it, it's bad enough that he that he died, but it's like the way that it happened to it. It adds so much more to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it just so much more traumatic. He, he didn't just die. I mean, he perished. Yeah, he and his daughter. That's a good actually. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, he didn't I just mean, die. He perished. That's a good so, good way to put that. It's just so unfortunate, man. Yeah. But 
And then, like, his daughter, like you said, his daughter was there, too. She was supposed to be, like, maybe, like, the Kobe Bryant of the women's thing. Like, she was going to, like, carry his name and do all that stuff, too. His hopes, actually, were for her to end up being the first NBA player that was a female. Really? I actually, I had actually heard that, yeah. Uh, that's pretty amazing to me. Hmm. I, I never knew that. Huh, I didn't know that either. Um, I don't know that it would have been attainable, to be honest with you. I don't think we're quite there yet as a society. No. Um, but, I mean, hell, <laughs> shooting big, you know? Well, yeah, because think about it like this. It's like if you have that mindset, mm-hmm. maybe you don't become a play with the men. But if you can be, f- like, you're obviously good enough to dominate all the women. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like worst case scenario, you're a badass in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Gigi, I think, was uh, 13 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Yeah. She already had college acceptance. She already had a scholarship and was ready to go. Yeah. She, you know, she could ball. She could probably take me out on the court and, and embarrass me. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I like to ball, but it just it, it just makes it so much sadder because it's like you're seeing the man and then you're seeing the legacy, the future go with him. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like. Not like he had a son. Yeah. You know, that's even worse, too. It's like there's nobody. Duh. Yeah. Gigi would have carried it just fine. But uh yeah, it just it it just makes it that much worse, man. So he was always my favorite. It was always and my favorite my two favorite players always Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant. It was always my two favorite players. But um I think that they should change the uh the logo. You think you're in favor of that, you think? Oh hell yeah, dude. Why yeah. who do, I don't know who Jerry West. I mean, I know who he is because I'm <laughs> like, I I know who he is because I follow the NBA. But yeah, dude, take Jerry West the hell out of there. Put mm-hmm. Kobe as the logo. No doubt that should have been done already. And I feel like Jerry West is Jerry West even still alive? He is. He's a uh, he's the I think he's the general manager, the president of basketball operations for the Clippers. Well, he should have came out and said that it's okay. Make Kobe the logo. Yeah. Jerry West has actually had a, a profound impact for uh, NBA teams. Uh, he was actually in Golden State for a while while they were on the come up. Hmm. Um, I don't know if he was still there whenever they won the chip, like any of their chips. I know he definitely laid the groundwork, though. Um, and then he went over to the Clippers, and for a long time the Clippers were a freaking joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially during the, like, the, Donald, Ster- the Donald Sterling times, the era you know, of, of – that monstrosity of a human being. Yeah. You know, he, he he needed to go. But when he took over that team, he made them real. He made them into a contender, you know. So Jerry West has a, a big-time impact wherever he goes. Hmm. Kind of like Chris Paul when you think about it. Yeah, really. It's crazy to think that Chris Paul took that organization, the Suns organization, from what it was last year mm-hmm. into the second seed. Absolutely. And. When he went to OKC, what were the expectations? Nothing. And Nothing. They, they were like uh, like sixth seed or fifth seed or something like that. Took him to the playoffs. Yep. If MVP really meant what it was supposed to mean, Chris Paul. Chris Paul would be the MVP. They should name they should name it after him. If nothing else, I mean, <laughs> right? It's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. Like he's the definition year in and year out of most valuable player. Yeah. This man literally makes everyone better. He. He went to the Rockets with James Harden. Now, I know they kind of had their beef. He took him to a Game 7 against the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. with KD, with Steph, Clay, Draymond. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think they even had Boogie at the time, maybe. Uh, I'm not, don't quote me on that, though. 
but they were stacked regardless. Took them to a game seven. In my opinion, if Chris Paul was healthy during that game, they'd have won. Yeah. They'd have taken them down. I agree with that, yeah. They went zero for 27 from three-point range. The Rockets lost by single digits to those Golden State Warriors. Yep. You can't convince me that a healthy Chris Paul would have beat that team. I like I yeah, you know, I 100% agree with you, but then like it's like you have to look at it too. It's like why the hell couldn't James Harden get it done? He, he's just not clutching the playoffs, man. Right, he's just not. Like I, I don't remember him having a particularly good game that game. I think he had like kind of like a bad game actually. The whole team went 0 of 27. I know he was shooting some of those threes. Well, he had to be. He probably shot over half of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so I think I think he's going to turn the tables being on the Nets this year. I think he's going to, you know, come up a little more clutch. Um but, you know, that we have yet to see that. So Yeah. Well, I think he's healthy now, right? Uh I th- I'm not really sure. I-, I think he may still be dealing with some type of injury, hamstring, I think. Hamstring? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hamstring. I don't know that he's totally healthy yet. But when you got a team with Kyrie and KD and Steph, uh excuse me, and uh Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Joe Harris, I don't think it really matters if you're 100%. <laughs> No. <laughs> you don't have to be 100%. No, remember when they had LaMarcus Aldridge? Dude, when they signed LaMarcus Aldridge, I was like, bro, what the hell is the NBA going to do? You know, LaMarcus Aldridge turned out to not do anything. but Yeah, yeah he ended up having to retire for medical reasons. Yeah, um, what did he? What was that? I think he had like an irregular heartbeat or something like that. And uh, the doctors told him, look, man, I think, you know, it'd be best if you just go ahead and hang it up. So that's what he did. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was pretty old. He was, like, in his, well, not that old. I think, like, mid-30s. Yeah. So it's not like he had to put, hang it up at, like, 24. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He played plenty of basketball. I think he won a chip or two with the Spurs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did when Kawhi was there. Yeah. Um, He was a, dude, when he was with Portland? He oh, he was a force in Portland. Fool, dude. Oh, yeah. A fool. Absolutely. You if you if When you hear his name, you'll, you're going to know. You're going to know who he is. Oh, yeah. So, um. But yeah, when I heard that they got him too, I'm like, man, look, <laughs> what are they gonna do? <laughs> where, where, where's um, who, who was the, who was the old commissioner? I can't think of his name. Was it David Stern? Uh, commissioner, who? I think it was David Stern. Yeah, that the Adam know, Silver's the guy now, right? Yeah, David Stern. So David Stern, he he vetoed the Chris Paul trade to L.A. Yeah. to play with Kobe. To play with Kobe. What would this man be saying nowadays? You got LeBron teaming up with. D Wade and Bosch in Miami. Bro. You got KD teaming up with Steph, Clay, and Draymond over in Golden State. And now you got, you know, every free agent is either going to the Lakers or the Nets. Yeah. Which is like it's crazy, man. It's just crazy to me. Chris Paul and Kobe. Like, imagine somebody as good as a passer giving the ball to Kobe constantly. Oh man. But like I think about something I think about that sometimes too. It's like it kind of water waters it down for me when it comes to just like everybody being the way that they are nowadays when they just like basically want to go to these high market teams. Yep. Kind of like kind of ruins football a little bit. It's like I mean not football basketball, yeah, basketball a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. It's like you're pretty in this state that it stands right now. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much never going to see like a Sacramento Kings team ever being something ever. You're never going to see like uh, the Hawks really being anything, even though the Hawks are pretty good right now. Um, well, it really it has to do more with the um, the franchises, like the the big markets. You know, 
Los Angeles, Celtics. New York, Chicago, yeah, Boston. Um, and it doesn't help that those guys have bigger salary caps than the smaller markets, the Sacramentos, the Milwaukee's, the New Orleans. Charlotte. Charlotte. So that doesn't help either. I think that's something that should change. Because how do you expect to maintain a competitive edge when you're a smaller city with a, a smaller salary cap? Yeah, you just ha- naturally have more money. Right. And, you, you know, these guys aren't going to want to come to us. They're going to want to go to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the the net, the Nets, uh, Bulls, the big market teams, you know? Yeah. That's where they want to be. They want to be, you know, in the big cities, on the big name teams to go win a chip. So that's something I think that should change. Because the city of New Orleans, New Orleans is not going to attract any big name free agents. It's just not. There's, yeah. I love my city, but there's nothing down here for for guys like that. No, you know what I'm saying. When so they can go to Los Angeles and be on like the beaches, and the mm-hmm. weather's always perfect, and it's you ain't got to worry about a hurricane coming to destroy your house, right? You know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Absolutely. Does Absolutely. it does it work like that for the NFL too? Do different teams have more salary than? I don't think so. I think uh, every NFL team has a, a hard cap, and I think it's pretty much the same. Oh, okay, don't so quote me on that. That's well. I think you're right on that though. But but I like the idea of that you're proposing of like every team should have x amount of money. Right. No team has more money than another team because you know how do you be? How do you maintain a competitive edge? Yeah. How does everybody become competitive? Right. You're always gonna have a team that just stomps everybody every year because they got all the high-end guys. Lakers and Nets right now. <laughs> yeah, or like so, the Clippers. The Clippers, yeah, they, they're squatted up too. So, I don't know, man. That's just an idea. Um, there may be some variables, you know, that prevent that from happening that I don't know about. Yeah, me too. But uh, Not very, uh, like my knowledge isn't like that with that particular thing. Right, right. It's just something that I think could, could be explored. And, and, you know, potentially make some changes to, just to keep it competitive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I think a lot of people have the same opinions as you and I, you know? Yeah. I feel like there are people out there that just don't even watch basketball at all because of those things. Oh, I'm sure the NBA has lost a lot of fans for reasons like that. Yeah. Just too many damn super teams. Yeah. Or it's know? just like every year it's the same team. Yep. Like that one year where Golden State was just whooping everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I know people were out there like, man, I'm just tired of seeing Golden State. Like, I just don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you were if you were a Golden State fan, you don't let anybody know about it. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you would get ridiculed. Or like back in like 2014, 2013 with the Heat. Yeah. Dude, the Heat were like the shit. Miami's and, another uh, big market team. Yes, they big are. Big market name, so. Yeah. Hmm. So. Let's see. I wonder how long. An hour and 30 minutes. Hour and 30 minutes? Hour and 30 minutes. You want to wrap her up? You got to pause right now? Mm-mm. I'm just wondering, do you want to wrap her up? Oh, uh, yeah, we can. It's up to you. You want to keep talking? You can. Nah, we can wrap it up if you want. An hour and a half is pretty long. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't know if you still had it going or not. Oh, yeah, I've been having it going. All right. Well, thank you, Austin. I really appreciate you coming on the pod, bro. I appreciate you having me, man. Had some good conversations. Definitely. You did really, really, really awesome having the mic in front of your mouth. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't have to flash out on you like I do most of my guests. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to play with it a few times, but, you know, I, I think I did, you know, pretty Oh, you easy. did wonderful. You did wonderful. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was awesome having you on the pod, bro. So uh, anything you want to say before I pause? No, uh, that's it, man. Good convo. Again, appreciate you having me. And I uh, hope we can do this again soon. Dude, yes.
I always hope that whenever I end the podcast, mm-hmm. my guest says, oh, I hope we could do this again. Like without me having to say it. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that means I did something good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, bro. All right. Later, guys.